Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 163 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. Today, my guest is Brent Galloway. He's a freelance graphic designer out of Columbus, Ohio. During this episode, we talk about how he went full-time freelance in 2011, and then in 2014, really niched down to specialize in designing merch for the music industry. We talk about why he decided to make that decision and some of the catalogs and things that were influential to him when he was younger. He also shares with us some album cover artwork that was really influential while he was younger. We get into talking about screen print and screen printing on t-shirts specifically and the struggles of building a freelance business and cash flow, that all-important cash flow. Brent also shares with us the opportunity he had to do work for Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco and how that came to be. He also shares a story about a project he's really proud to have been a part of for sort of a newer singer-songwriter and why that was so impactful to him. And right in the end, we talk about the struggle with overthinking and imposter syndrome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest, Brent Galloway. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Brent. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show today. Yeah, no problem. Honored to be on here. I'm not uh, too often asked to be on podcasts, so I'm pretty pretty stoked. Well, how often are you asked if you're ready for a quickie? Um, I guess not too often, but I'm, <laughs> I'm ready, so let's do this. All right. Well, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, I'm Brent Galloway, a full-time freelance graphic designer in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I started freelancing full-time in 2011. And about 2014-15 is when I went all in on designing merchandise for the music industry. Cool. Okay. I'm going to rewind just a little bit here. Tell me about your childhood, though. Like, let's start in the early days. Did you have a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career path? Uh, the short answer, yes. <laughs> just because, you know, as children, we all like to draw color. Um, and it's funny because when I look back, you know, when I was like nine or 10, I've always sort of been a creative business minded person because okay. I would take the cartoons I watched and I would take computer paper and just like draw stories with those characters that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then I would fold it, staple it in the center to make little books and I'd go up to my uh, mom's friends, and be like, you want to buy my storybook for $5? And then I would use that to buy ice cream from the ice cream truck. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, through my whole life, I've just been fascinated with art. I've loved art, you know, through high school. Um, I would even skip lunch at school to sit in uh, on art classes that I wasn't even in. Um, that's also because I had an awesome art teacher. Mm-hmm. And yeah, through high school, I knew I always wanted to pursue something uh, through create, uh, being a creative. And so I've, I've just always naturally pursued that. 
you know, I thought you were going to come clean about high school there for a second and be like, I skipped all my other classes and just went to art. <laughs> just lunch. Just lunch. Just lunch. You just skipped the only time you had to yourself to get yeah, in and know, learn more about art. And in study hall, I just sit there and draw whatever side project or thing I was working on or just kind of goofing off in my notebook. And so mm-hmm. whenever I could devote time to just creating something, I was. So did you have any graphic designers or illustrators, you know, in your immediate family that were sort of encouraging you to go Not, in this direction or you just rode that train? I rode that train, um, uh, you know, by my family's always sort of been sort of, I guess, um, blue collar. Like my dad worked in a factory when I was little. My mom was kind of jumping job to job and managing apartments and things. Uh, my grandparents are this kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one I knew personally in my life were creative. So I never knew that this could have been a job. Yeah. Um, and then I discovered that it could be a job when I got into high school. I attended a technical career center half day for my junior and senior year of mm-hmm. high school. Super fortunate. Um, it was awesome. And basically half day, I would drive to this career center and study and learn design and things and explore that stuff and kind of get real world experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I discovered like what freelancing was, what that meant and that, wow, I could take this thing that I do for fun and make money doing it. And so from that point on, I knew I have to do this. This has to be what I make a living doing. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that you sort of told that story on the, the little points and where it really started to mm-hmm. come to reality. And it sounded like that career center um, was where it sort of really lit oh, your yeah. fire. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because cool. it was like getting real world experience while I was in high school. I mean, you can't get anything better than that. It was, it was an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. I actually did something like that. My original career path was to be an auto mechanic and get into mm-hmm. custom car audio and things like that. And through I, a, yeah, I, I did a tour through my career center when we were deciding what to do in it. That yeah. was one of the things I ended up looking at. Yeah, so I did something just like that in my grade mm-hmm. 11 and 12 years. I actually ended up taking my first uh, two years of university to be an auto mechanic as well. Yeah. Um, and then through a crazy turn of events in life, I ended up in the print industry. That was 15 years ago, and here I am today mm-hmm. doing a podcast with graphic yeah. designers. So you never know what life's uh, thrown at you, right? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Okay, so we got the or, and so did you go to art school after that career college? Like, did you or career um, center? Did you? I, I after high school, I went to a community college uh, around here. It wasn't anything special. Um, a lot of the stuff they were teaching were actually kind of just outdated. So I kind of mm-hmm. went into a lot of the classes almost knowing more than the instructors who were teaching just bad material mm-hmm. um, because I was also freelancing outside of college. That's when I started experimenting with it. Um, while also working a part-time job, um, working in the print department of an office supply store. Um, so anytime I wasn't in school or working the part-time job, I was creating my own side projects or work trying to work with clients and things like that. Um, so yeah, I did go to a school and it was a two-year degree, um, but it wasn't anything crazy or special. I did all of my basic learning outside of school. Yeah. And then, yeah, as soon as I graduated, I was like, there's no other time I could start freelancing and try to take this risk. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started and I've just, I've just stuck with it since. So you, you didn't go and do any studio work or anything like that. You went straight to freelance right after school, straight to freelance. Um, during high school, I did do like an internship with like a big corporate company doing a lot Mm -hmm. of, uh, just like video tutorial stuff and doing graphics with the company. So it was a very short time where I got to work with a big company doing some stuff. Um, but yeah, everything else has just been totally self-taught and freelance through, college and things so cool okay so so where does music play into this because in 2011 Mm -hmm. you went full-time freelance you're gonna do your own thing 
And then 2014 was where you really doubled down on sort of the music direction. Mm -hmm. What happened in there to point you in that direction? So, I mean, also growing up, when I wasn't in school and stuff, I was skateboarding with my friends, trying to buy mm-hmm. you know, the music and skate culture. Um, and when I look back, I feel like the thing that got me interested in what even design was, was I used to get these CCS skate catalogs in the mail. Um, and I would just flip through them, uh, circle all the shirts and the decks that I wish I could purchase. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would just fascinate over those graphics. And that's when I was like, you know, looking at all the branding of the different companies. And I obsessed over that stuff. Um, and so that's kind of, I feel like, the root of where I got really interested in what design was and that someone mm-hmm. gets to design that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just through freelancing, uh, right when I started, I tried pretty much everything I could try. I designed everything. Um, and I thought it was the coolest thing when I could design a T-shirt. That's something I could physically hold, something I could wear. It's a message I could spread um, and also what other people can, can share. Mm-hmm. And so I love designing T-shirts, but, you know, I think it's safe to say that every single graphic designer has probably designed a t-shirt in their career. Um, but no one really does that as a full-time thing. So, you know, after a few years of doing everything, nothing was sustainable. My client work wasn't st- sustainable, anything like that. Uh, the c- cash flow wasn't sustainable. <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of so a big deal. I, I kind of took another risk and I completely focused all in on the one thing I loved doing, which was t-shirt design. And, and, and from there, because I focused, I started attracting more client work and, and I've just stuck with it. And that's the work that I obsess over. So why not make that the only work I put out there? Very cool. Okay. I love how you sort of laid this all out, laid out the story here for us. Um, now in this journey, what stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Is there anything that really stands out? Something you, something you saw and it's just really stuck with you. Um, it's a tough question because I take in so much and Mm -hmm. within like the merch industry, you're designing so much. So you don't really focus too long on one specific thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and just over the years, I'm taking in a bunch of different styles. Um, I don't have a specific art style and I think that's a big strength of mine is I can kind of deliver what my client wants. So I'm constantly taking in inspiration from different places. Uh, I guess if I look back, the main thing probably would have been those skate catalogs, just seeing all of the stuff in it and obsessing over those. Um, Then, of course, I feel like it's a cliche answer, but you have just like album artwork, you know, things like Green Day's Dookies, like this insane illustration that you could stare at Mm -hmm. all day and find something new. Um, And I think one of my first CDs I bought was uh, Three Doors Down, The Better Life. And for some reason, just this grungy textured cover I would just stare at it and flip through the booklet while listening to the album. And I would, I don't know, I just got obsessed with all those, the, the graphic elements of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just accumulation of all of these interests of happening in my day to day and my life that kind of inspired me and um, get, get me excited. Yeah. Okay. Based on the music albums that you just mentioned, I'm going mm-hmm. to assume that we're very similar in age here. Possibly. How, yeah. How old, how old are you, Brent? 29. 29. Okay. I'm 30, yeah. 34. So close enough. Okay. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those albums were ones that in my teen years were like mm-hmm. the, the big deal. Oh yeah. A big deal. And then I transitioned into like DMX and like hardcore rap. But anyway. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. You got to answer me honestly here. Do you have uh-huh. a Nickelback album? I don't. 
I never, re- I mean, aside from like what their couple of hit songs that yeah. you'd hear on the radio, I never had them on my like MP3 player back in the day. I never had a CD. I didn't often collect CDs, but um, no, I'm, I guess I'm thankful that I never did own a Nickelback album. So where do you, <laughs> <Never> s- <laughs> where do you stand with uh, the band Creed then? Same thing. I, I mean, like, I don't really hate on music. Like, I'm not a fan of country, but I don't hate yeah. country. I don't mm-hmm. hate any artist. You know, they put a ton of time and effort, and there's a lot of people and, you know, work that goes into an album. So I never want to hate someone or anything like that. Uh, but that I just don't, it's, just, it's not my taste. I don't dig it. So I don't listen to it. <laughs> it's not your thing. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, just was, just wanted to find out. That's all. Mm-hmm. No judgment here, yeah. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a big Creed fan. Yeah. Yeah, and every time I put it on in the car, my wife looks at me and goes, no, just no. <laughs> you know, honestly, I might take Creed any day because most of the time I get in the car, you know, my wife just loves listening to Disney music and stuff all day. So, Okay, yeah. you know, as a dad of three kids, I'll put the Disney station on and I'll sing right along with them. I got no yeah, problem with exactly. that. <laughs> um, Brent, so who are some of the other designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? What about them do you like? And are they all sort of circled around this merch world that you're in? Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of other, um, guys and gals that are in sort of the merch industry that are kind of on the same level as as me that really motivate and push me to do better. Um, you know, all the other designers that are in the trenches with their head down doing a lot of work. Those are the people that fire me up the most. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would, I guess the obvious answer for me, uh, the most influential person I've looked up to is probably Brandon Reich. Um, he works in the same thing as me doing merch in the music industry, but he's kind of in the next, you know, last year, the year before he started his own design firm um, where he does full storytelling branding for bands and things. And he was the person that probably showed me that you could make a living doing this stuff if you cared enough, if you had the patience, mm-hmm. if you had the work ethic to make it happen. Um, and, you know, his work is absolutely stunning. He's a legend in my in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you have people like Aaron Draplin. His work ethic is also rubbed off on me like, you know, it's it's infectious. Um, and then, yeah, just all of the people around me that I follow on Instagram and stuff, those are the people that are usually firing me up day to day, getting me excited and motivated to push myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like the name drops. Um, what was the first gentleman that you mentioned? Brandon Reich. Brandon Reich. I hadn't heard that yeah. name before, so I'm going to look that one up. Yeah, cool guy. I've never gotten to meet him. He actually lives uh, somewhere around my hometown here in Ohio. So, oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. There you go. That sounds like an Instagram yeah. message waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And <laughs> I guess it's also important to mention uh, Andy J. Miller. He's also from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I mean, he he puts out so much stuff that fires up. I think almost every creative with mm-hmm. his podcast and stuff. So he's a, he's an awesome guy. I've met him a couple of times. What is in the water in Columbus, Ohio? I don't know. It's it's starting to boom up. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Great to hear, man. Uh, I want to slide into a little bit about print and possibly packaging design in your career mm-hmm. now. So you're in this merch game. You're doing t-shirt design. There's a portion of print there. Can you tell us a little bit about that and some of your favorite um, you know, print projects you've been a part of? Yeah. Uh, so I think I love this work because it is the end result is tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, printing the designs on fabric and you know, you can go down to the finest details of hem tags, custom size labels, and then the packaging itself. I mean, the t-shirt itself is kind of a package of the message you want to share. Hmm. Um, but then you can go into the packaging of the shirt itself and building a whole customer experience around it um, through like the quality and those, like I said, the little finishing touches on it. 
Um, and then, of course, I don't do it often, but I've dabbled in album art, uh, EP covers, and the physical pack packaging of that. I would absolutely love. I'm just putting this out in the universe. Maybe <laughs> next year I can yeah, design yeah. some vinyl packaging from someone because you know I obsess over the the vinyl packaging these last few years, um, collecting some vinyl and just loving mm-hmm. the physical aspect of music, um, just like I do with the physical aspect of the merch that I do and the design work. So I would love to do vinyl. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, for music, you can't just have the audio. It's also got to be the visual. And that's kind of where I come in. I try to bridge that gap from the artist to their fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all through print media whether it's packaging or their merch um and then of course you have all their digital stuff as well yeah well said you know and even in that t-shirt game um the screen printing you know there's mm-hmm. there's an art to that it's not as simple it's, as putting a design it can be together tough, yeah yeah you gotta know I mean, it, you gotta live in that spot color land right you really do it's i mean i'm still learning stuff every single day and you gotta really you know, there's limitations to what you can and can't do with the designs you're working on, um, whether it's based on, you know, what fabric you're printing on, what kind of shirt, what color shirt, um, the kind of ink that's being used to print it, the location of the print, mm-hmm. uh, the method of the print, because I mean, there, there's just so much that can go into it. And sometimes you just have to design smart for all those cases. Mm-hmm. So limited colors, um, simple, just like layout. Um, and that's kind of what I love about it is playing with simple graphics and typography and stuff and just making killer merch. And even if it is the simplest thing, like just a message on a shirt, um, nothing crazy can be the most powerful message. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. And in screen printing, you know, you can, you know, really, really craft some beautiful work, just playing with half tones and playing with solids and, you know, mixing and matching the two, right. You can do some really cool things there. Mm -hmm. Um, now all of the shirts you designed, do you get a copy of them back? Do you get a couple? No, but I get money so I can pay my bills. And that's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> there have been a couple of uh, t-shirts that I thought was just such a cool project. So I bought them myself. Yeah. Um, and then when I work with smaller artists, sometimes they might send me a shirt um, or some of the, like the EP packaging I've done, those sort mm-hmm. of things. Um, but yeah, when it's like a bigger client, no, they just they just pay my bills, which is I'm OK with that. <laughs> can't, can't ask for more than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brent, uh, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned mm-hmm. some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out of you and share those with the listeners. Um, after a couple of those, after a few heart-wrenching questions, we'll turn it around and we'll finish up in a happy place. Sure. Um, so Brent, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um. Well, I believe wherever I currently am is probably the hardest because there's always that struggle to overcome um, wherever I currently am Mm -hmm. so I can grow and move on. But looking back, probably the most challenging time was just the early days, not having consistent client work, not having sustainable cash flow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you want to move out of your parents' basement, you need that. So (laughs) I, I knew, you know, this was two, two and a half years of being a full-time freelancer, um, I knew something had to change. And that was when I uh, kind of took a step back and knew that I obsessed over this t-shirt stuff. Um, and so I just went all in. I completely rebranded my website. So like the first two words were t-shirt design. Mm-hmm. I put out some videos about t-shirt design on YouTube. I made some blog posts about how I design t-shirts uh, in my process. And then my portfolio only showed t-shirt design. So I stripped away all the websites I designed, most of the logos, um, just to focus on the t-shirt stuff. And just by putting that stuff out there and having that focus, people started finding me. Um mm-hmm. 
a lot of small bands, and then that helped beef up my portfolio. Uh, and then that gave me the confidence to start reaching out to bigger clients. Um, and it also helped attract larger kind of merch companies who have larger clients. Mm-hmm. And then sort of one thing after another, one connection leads to another. Um, after, you know, six more months, someone else finds me. I start landing some of my dream clients, um, designing for bands that I grew up listening to, like Fall Out Boy, Panic in the Disco, those sort of things, which I still have to pinch myself over um, today. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was all about that focus that kind of solved that problem of not knowing where the next client project was going to come from. And then the cash flow problem was since I had so much downtime without having client work, I would work on side projects to diversify my income. So mm-hmm. I would make um, my own t-shirt mock-ups, I would make my own textures, and mm-hmm. then I would put them out online and try to make money that way. Um, and so, yeah, I just tried a bunch of different things to try to make a little bit of extra money. So mm-hmm. if client work was ever slow, to help fill those gaps in. Um, and so, you know, year after year after year, it just keeps growing and I am where I am now. I love that. I like how you sort of ended up diversifying. That's very, you know, business oh, yeah. savvy. Super crucial right? for freelancers. Yeah, definitely. Um, before I get on to the next tough question, could you break down a little bit about the Panic at the Disco shirts and the, um, what was the other group that you mentioned? Sorry about that. Follow Boy. Follow Boy. Thank you. Yeah, I love them too. Mm-hmm. The like, how did those projects come to light? How did that come to be? So in those cases, their management works with a merch company, and then their merch company uh, kind of is the ones that reach out to either freelancers or artists and things that they have a specific style they want to hit for a merch line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that specific company, I may have been the one that reached out to them because um, I did a bunch of research on because I had to find out where to get clients. So mm-hmm. I researched a bunch of merch companies, a bunch of smaller bands, um, the print shops and those things. And I just started cold call emailing people. And I think I sent them an email and didn't hear back for probably three to even six months. Mm-hmm. And then one day I just got an email like, hey, do you want to jump in on this one project and help us with something? And of course, I dropped everything and said yes. Uh, didn't have much to drop, actually. I just said yes. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it just been then I just built a relationship. And yeah. the goal was always to show up and deliver um, the best work I could. Uh, never miss a deadline, which I don't think I missed a deadline to date just because like this is it's Not my job. Away. So I, I just show up. And as long as I showed up and provided good work, they kept coming back to me. Uh, and the same thing applies to some of the other merch companies. Um, one big merch company found me from my t-shirt mock-ups. They saw it and they wondered if I designed t-shirts and I did. So that also was a fun way, that unexpected way where I built another relationship um, for some awesome clients. So, so it's all about in, luck and putting yourself out there and then, yeah, just reaching out and just trying your luck. That's the key, putting it yeah. out there. Yeah, just creating it's it, all you know, making you your own luck, yeah. Like, yeah, if you don't have a paying client for a particular product that you want to become and be known as an expert at, mm-hmm. design a bunch just like you did. You know, you created the mock-ups, you created the textures, you created yeah, these you things. Yeah, you got to keep yourself busy. Yeah. Keep creating. Yeah, That's there's the a poster I have here from um, Durham Brandon Co. It says, don't stop working when the work stops. I love that, like, rule. So true. Yeah. So true. Okay. Uh, I want to get a little bit more specific with this next one. So can you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Uh, 
Yeah, well, it's actually really tough because I've been super fortunate that not many projects crash and burn for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst case scenario is I might work on something and either they just kill the design and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that is what it is. But I try not to take any of that stuff to heart. I just my focus is on going to the next project. Once I finish something, I just push on and move forward. So I'm never left waiting on a response from anyone. Mm-hmm. I just stay busy, keep busy. Um, yeah, there's not many cases where I get absolutely screwed or something. Uh, in the early days, if I worked with a client, it either crashed and burned before the project took off. So either they didn't agree with the price, they didn't like the process, uh, or they just stopped responding altogether because they just didn't feel motivated enough to follow through with it. Mm-hmm. So, But nothing specifically has crashed and burned. Um, I guess recently, very recently, I was working on a project with someone doing some merch, and I gave him uh, a few different designs. One design was a really cool concept where it was a very simple design, but there's a lot of concept to it to where the the, uh, the messaging was kind of flipped in the graphic. So when the wearer was looking in the mirror, they were reading the message themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so simple, but I thought it was so cool with the concept and the design I did around for it. And I think they wanted to go with one of the other designs I did. Um, but then a week later, I saw on their Instagram story, they took an existing design they had and they flipped it and they were all like, now you can have it read it back to yourself. So it's, I mean, it was kind of a dick move, but I, it's whatever. I try not to get too worried about it. You know, if they come back and want to approve another mm-hmm. design, I'll, I'll do it. I'll keep, I'll even keep working with them because mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Um, but that's just one of the things where it's just like, it was a dick move, but it's whatever. Yeah. So it, it sort of rubbed you the, the wrong way initially, yeah. but at the end of the day, the, why make a fuss over something like that? Yeah. It's you know, not that big of a deal. Cause I mean, it, if they yeah. didn't pay their bill and took your design completely, well, different story, different conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, I want to ask this one. It's a little bit off script, but um, I'm just gonna just gonna roll with it here. So, when you are working on a freelance project, you have sort of a terms and conditions page, yeah? Yeah, the, the, a lot of the work I do is under NDA. That's why I, I can't share like 90% of the stuff I work on at least until it's fully public. Yeah, yeah. So when you're presenting that NDA, because even though it's um, Sorry, when you're presenting your terms and conditions, because even though it's under NDA, you still need to sign an agreement or sign a quote or something. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Has there been points that you've added to your terms and conditions based on experiences from past projects? I'll be honest, and it's something that I had to really understand and learn was about this industry specifically is there are no necessarily contracts like when i get into a big uh contract with like a big merch company yeah i signed an nda and that nda will cover every project moving forward Mm -hmm. um but personally when like a small artist reach out to me or an artist just typically with the way this industry works is i it's it's all based on trust and word of mouth and now most of the time if it's a client that i don't know don't have any relationship with and they're Mm -hmm. just like hey design stuff for me i'll ask them for like a 50 percent down payment and it's Mm -hmm. either yes or no if yes then we're good to go. And then they won't get the final art file until they pay the rest of it. And, mm-hmm. But I don't need to spend days sending them a contract to have them look it over and things. And that's something I used to do with like logos and websites. Um, but nowadays it's, you know, I get a project, I finish that project the next day or two and I'm on to the next project. So mm-hmm. we, I can't be throwing wrenches into the machine asking clients to sign contracts and things. It's it's all through email, trust. And luckily, I've never been completely screwed. I've never had anyone rip a design or run away. 
um, other than this last recent thing, which isn't that big of a deal because they didn't steal my design. They just stole a tiny concept. Um, I'm not going to worry about it. But yeah, I've been lucky enough to not really be screwed. And, you know, everything is so fast paced that I don't really require too much paperwork to start mm-hmm. a project. It's mostly just word of mouth, uh, you know, trust and, and get that uh, deposited. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then, yeah, I tend not to send artwork unless it's paid for, unless it's with a, you know, a well-established relationship mm-hmm. with the client. Got it. So earlier you had mentioned that, you know, oftentimes the most challenging time in your career is where you're at because what's the next step and how do we get there? So I'm going to come on and just ask this pointed question then. What is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Oh, it's easy. For me, it's overthinking. Mm-hmm. I am a super anxious person. I overthink absolutely everything, um, everything I share on social media. Uh, you know, I would love to make YouTube videos again back when I wasn't as busy with client work. Um, and I just make excuses. I overthink it. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist as well. Mm-hmm. So I just overthink absolutely everything. Uh, and that's the thing I struggle with right now because um, I – I tend to keep my head down and keep working on the projects that come my way. Uh, but then I'm just totally radio silent and I'm just like off the grid almost entirely. So uh, it's hard for me to come back out from under my rock and start putting stuff out there again, start sharing. Cause I'm always thinking like, what will my clients think or what will this person think? And I know that stuff really actually doesn't matter, but it's just all in my head and enough. So next year I am going to try to, uh, overcome that main struggle of just overthinking absolutely everything mm-hmm. uh and it probably starts with consuming less stuff you know mindlessly scrolling instagram and and that sort of stuff and creating more than i'm consuming that's something i'm going to hopefully try to do more of mm-hmm. um, and then just put it out there and try not just like with my client work i will finish a project i send it and i move on to the next thing i should probably be doing that with you know stuff that i want to put out in the world i mm-hmm. want to put it out there help grow my brand, help grow my business, um, and then move on to the next thing and not try to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Great observation though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so it's that balance between you're self-aware enough to know that you're overthinking everything. Oh, yeah. but I mean, I'm overthinking the overthinking. <laughs> I mean, it's insane at this point. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Brent. All right, let's turn this around for you. Um, I want you now to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you mm-hmm. are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. I mean, it has to be any the time I get to work on projects like Fall Boy, Panic at the Disco, those bands that I grew up listening to. And then here I am designing some of the merch and some of them have gone into retail stores, which is, again, insane. Um, those are the ones I have to pinch myself over. Those are the ones that are like the feather in the cap. Um, but I would say there's one project that really like makes me feel good. And it was for a smaller artist. Um, it's a singer songwriter from Alabama. Her name is Bailey White. Mm-hmm. She reached out to me. She wanted to release her very first EP. And usually when there's a new band or a new artist, they reach out, they're just window shopping. They want to know how much it costs. Uh-huh. What can they get for the lowest dollar? She didn't talk about price at all. She came through with professionalism, with passion. And I could see that just through her email. So I took that on and I worked with her and uh, we built the whole brand for her music career, uh, designed the packaging for her first EP album, her logo, um, set a good tone for everything, uh, did some of her uh, social graphics and stuff for it. And then, yeah, she was like probably the most dream client ever. It was just such a smooth process because she totally trusted me in what I did. She gave Mm. such good feedback and she was so excited to work with me specifically. 
And it just I couldn't have asked for a better project. And so now, anytime I get a chance to work with her, I'm so excited. Um, I helped her with, with the acoustic version of her EP album, doing the cover of that. Again, it was so smooth. And I think why it's so special to me is I went a step further than just doing merch. I did her merch, her branding, and her packaging. Um, but I helped her shape the visuals for her music, which is mm-hmm. insane and so cool. But thinking that she's so new in the next five or 10 years, what if she's at the top charts? And I was a part of that journey. <laughs> yeah. And that's just like such a cool feeling to think of. And that's why I'm always grateful when I can work with small artists. I don't, you know, not always taking on those huge clients, um, but making time for also the smaller artists who are passionate about that stuff. And mm-hmm. cause you know, you never know where they're going to end up and it, it'd be awesome to be part of that journey. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good one. And then all of a sudden, you know, top, singer songwriters are phoning you up because they heard that you did her stuff and i mean that would always be rad yeah Yeah. you just never know you never know yeah never know that's a great one um brent what is one design product tool website or community that you just can't live without i feel like the cheap answer is photoshop and illustrator because that's how i literally make my living Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh I don't know. I run a very simple operation. I don't have like a fancy iPad for my work. I just use a scanner um, and pencil paper, uh, Photoshop Illustrator. I guess the one website that I actually rely on would be Creative Market because that's where I get a lot of fonts. It has amazing resources for designers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I sell my t-shirt mock-ups and my own textures. And, you know, I get a nice chunk every month from that, which helps a ton with cash flow and things. So that website's probably pretty important to me. but yeah, I keep things pretty simple. That's about it, though. Perfect. Well, Brent, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question, sir. I've got a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my last guest was Mr. Doc Reed from Reedicus. He's a graphic designer and screen printer out of North Carolina. And he wanted to ask you, Brent, and I think this is actually going to apply really well. Um, what are you doing to beat or combat imposter syndrome? Oh man, that's a good question. Cause I'm currently facing that. That's, you know, kind of <laughs> rolled into the bundle of what overthinking is. Yeah. Uh, I think I kind of talked about it a second ago. I mean, it's just not consuming too much and comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. That is such a toxic thing to do as a designer is comparing yourself to everyone around you. Um, but to compare yourself to your past self and where you want to be, um, I don't know, it, it's something I'm still working on and it's to put out stuff and to be proud of it and not be too afraid to put it out there mm-hmm. and to think what other people might think. Um, I don't know. I'm still working on that and, and yeah, just trying not to consume too much and compare myself to other designers. I like it. Perfect. And you'll really appreciate um, the first part. Doc Reed had a two-part episode, so his first part went up today. Mm-hmm. But being in the t-shirt game, he produced a screen-printed t-shirt for a local camp. Mm-hmm. And um, in part two, which goes up tomorrow morning, he tells us how that project went sideways, and he didn't know until he saw a camper wearing it. Huh. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> wow, it's, okay, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite go as planned, but... Um, so Brent, what is your ask it forward question for my next guest? Uh, I feel like it's almost too similar to that question because I think I wanted to be selfish and ask that person when they are overthinking, when they're in their own head, when they get criticism, how do they overcome it? How do they 
get out of their head mm-hmm. and move forward or turn or spin it into something positive. Just how do they overcome those criticisms, overthinking, those sort of things. Perfect. I'm going to ask the next guest that question. Sure. Brent, you've made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate you asking me on the show. It was uh, exciting to be on. I don't do this often, so it was cool. <laughs> and you got right to it, right? There's no time to overthink it. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, we, we scheduled this in one day. Didn't have to overthink it. I just, you know, there's one thing. I just told myself, schedule it and let's do it. Awesome. Thanks again, man. All right. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. So tomorrow is Friday and I'm going to do something a little bit different. I have a two-parter episode that I'm going to hold off till Monday. So part one of my next episode will go up on Monday. But on Friday, tomorrow, I'm going to release the 2019 Graphic Designers Christmas Gift Guide episode. I got a short little episode that I've recorded that are all about some of the cool things that I think are really awesome for you know tailored to sort of graphic designers, illustrators, that direction, of course. Um, and yeah, I'm going to put that up. So look forward to that and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.